This is the Breakthrough Artists with CJ Lloyd Webley. And welcome to the Breakthrough Artists. We are live today with Rashika. Many of you may know her <laughs> from the Great British Bake Off, and she did amazing stuff on there. So I'm very much looking forward to speaking to Rashika. We go way back. We actually went to primary school together. We got into a little little tiff together. Actually, yeah, I forgot about it. Bust me up good or proper, man. Wow. That, that is madness. I completely forgot about that. I literally just remembered that now. Like, wow. Yeah, got, got humbled, man, but it's all love. But no, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation with Rashika. Um, as I say, it was a while ago now. But Rashika. So since then, I think I've probably bumped into you a couple of times in passing. But yeah. what have you been up to? How, how did you get to this point of being on Great British Bake Off? And where did it all begin? So after school, I just did the normal college. I did A-levels at first, actually. But then, you know how I used to love to dance. So I, mm. um, I went to BOA, the Performing Arts Academy, went there. Mm -hmm. Um, I injured my knee in the second week and like, I couldn't walk. Oh, wow. I had to have surgery. So then I went to college again, a different college. And then, yeah, I went to university. I got top entry grades. So I got a scholarship into uni and in right. Surrey. I went there. I did a management degree. And, yeah, I just I got a first in that. And mm. on the side, right. I just joined like different societies. And one of them was like a baking society so oh. but I only went once I just went once <laughs> um, <laughs> for like the free food and cake and everything and then I was like oh no I can't bother with this and then my niece asked me to make a cake for her for her ninth birthday mm. well she said with her but I ended up doing the whole thing so I learned how to make the cake on YouTube and it turned out really well and then I just went from there, really. All the kids wanted me to make cakes for them. And that's kind of like how I got into baking. So I just want to peel it back then because that, that sounds like a, a really huge transition. But also there was obviously a setback uh, when, you were, when you went to BOA. So what actually happened there? What, was it like as a result of a, trying to do a manoeuvre, a dance manoeuvre that, that caused that? Well, it was actually, I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about it because um, it technically okay. it wasn't my fault and yeah. it was a legal thing. So um, basically my shoe got caught on a vent on the floor. Okay. We were dancing in a conference room, not a dance studio. And then okay. my knee just snapped. Everyone heard it. It wow. was absolutely awful. So, yeah, that's yeah. what happened. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, I know you've obviously overcome that now which is which is amazing but I just mean in the sense more of once you experience that setback how did you overcome that really how did you have the drive and ambition because many people would have probably encountered that and really really struggled to you know get back on their feet but you said you you went to university you went you you still obviously had drive and ambition how did you continue to to be strong despite that setback well, I think I was, I was just really resilient. So I just thought, right, I can't do this because I danced from the age of two up until 
I was 17 when it happened. So I'd done like Disneyland Paris, um, the Royal Albert Hall, all of that. So I was really looking forward to that future. I had it all mapped out. But then I just thought, okay, I can't do that anymore. So I need to do something. So the first thing I did was apply to a different college to start the next September. And then the next thing I did was get a job at McDonald's in the meantime. And I worked there. I went to college. And then I was just kind of like determined to do well. So I just made sure that I got like the top grades. I heard about the university scholarship. So I just made sure that I knuckled down. And yeah, I went to Surrey. It's really good, really good university. And I just chose a management degree. So specialising in like tourism. And then I also specialised in marketing whilst I was doing the degree I just kind of I just needed something else to do I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with my life but I just I didn't want to start because then that's when like you you start to think too much about it I just didn't really want to think about how I wasn't gonna do what I thought I was going to do I just wanted to do something else be good at it absolutely and at that time did did you have a, a good support network around you yeah, definitely. Definitely. My parents are like my biggest support network. And then all of my family is really, but it's mainly my parents. We'll talk about the the, the Bake Off shortly, but I, I imagine that was surreal for them seeing you on the TV screen. Yeah. Oh, he was actually like, when they introduced me on the Bake Off, he mm. was like playing rounders with me and my nieces and nephews. So the bit where like he hit the bat, he hit the ball really far, and um, like they put that bit onto the TV. All of his friends are messaging him saying, "Oh, I saw you on telly." <laughs> Crazy. And, um, my mom, yeah, my mom absolutely loved it as well. And when we filmed the, so when you like whatever week you leave, you do like an extra slice. It's like um, a show where you go on the week that you leave and it's just quite like light-hearted and fun with Joe Brand and it's really good. I brought my parents with me there so they could see what it's like behind the scenes and they absolutely loved it. Wow, and that, and that's the thing about these opportunities, isn't it? It's it's not just about how it impacts your life, but it's, it's how it impacts those around you as well. Obviously, this yeah. is a once in a opportunity that that your family have been able to be a part of and that's that's as a result of of your determination you going to university doing that society and grabbing the free cakes getting that inspiration (laughs) um so so you mentioned you're working part-time at mcdonald's where you're at university so i got a part-time job at mcdonald's whilst i was like recovering from my injury and like before I had surgery and after I had surgery but then I got a job at Selfridges so whilst I was at um, college I was working there and then I just did like part-time jobs whilst I was in Surrey so I worked at Boots, I worked at M&M, Royal Ascot, just things like that just like side jobs and then I did internships as well in the summer. Well, that, I guess that gives you that that would have given you a lot of confidence then. So, because a lot of the people that I speak to, they they they're probably about sixteen, seventeen. They're just starting out on their journey in terms of trying to get a job and stuff like that. It seems like you had a, quite a few different jobs, very similar to me actually. I had quite a few different jobs. What would be kind of your, I guess, interview approach to to these different kind of job roles? I know they're mainly in the retail space, but for a young person, what, what would be your kind of advice to them in, in how to go about it? 
I would like go to the store and just kind of like not stalk people, but just see how it runs, get the layout of the of the store, have a look at the products that they sell, try and note down like a few things that they do sell that you can talk about in the interview. I mean, that was back then when I wasn't always like using Google and researching companies that way. So I'd say like just do your research of the company on Google, but definitely go to the store that you want to work at and just mm. like have a look at the layout and everything and ask people questions as well about what they like about the job, just stuff like that. I remember talking to a sales assistant at Salfages. I applied for the food hall, so I was just talking to them and when I was in the interview, they were impressed that I'd actually gone and spoken to people that already worked there. I um I didn't end up working with them, but I ended up working on like a cake counter, which is ironic because I didn't know what any of the things were and I couldn't bake them either. But yeah, um, it really helped. I had to, in Boots and Selfridges, I had to do like role playing and customer service role play. And yeah. the fact that I got there beforehand, considering I hadn't worked in retail before, it did really help. Mm. So that's that's always helped me in jobs, just researching the company and researching the job. Was there, was there anything in particular you were looking for when it came to those jobs? Yeah, um, just money. <laughs> I just needed money. <laughs> but I did really want to work at Salvages because I loved it. I always used to go there. Those, they used to have a massive pick and mix. And I used mm. to go there and spend about £10. I never used to weigh it. So when I get to the till, it's £9, £10. The sweets weren't even that great, but <laughs> <laughs> I just used to like going. So I did kind of always want to work at Southridges anyway, if I was going to work anywhere. Yeah. So fast forward, so you, you got to university, you were studying uh, management and tourism. Yeah, so it was international tourism management, but finance, marketing, HR... Um, employment law, business law, that kind of stuff as well. And what and what was the ambition at that point? Was it to you know travel the world, see the sites, and things like that? So I actually went to Aston Uni first, and I did business and management, but I just didn't really. Like, I think it's because I was in Birmingham and I hadn't moved away, so I thought if I do tourism, that gives me like the business and management aspect, but also if I did want to get a job where I don't know, I could travel, then I could do that as well. I did actually do repping in Ibiza for a summer yeah. as well. After my first year in college, after my injury, I did repping in Ibiza as well. So that was kind of like the motivation behind choosing international tourism management too, because I saw like the operations in Ibiza. So there was like offices there and people managed those offices out there living in the sun. So I was thinking maybe that's something I could do as well so I went to mm. uni with that kind of like I didn't really know what I wanted to do but I was just giving myself as many options as possible yeah and so obviously you you went to Aston you didn't particularly enjoy that that course yeah. as you say probably because it was in Birmingham but how did you overcome that in the sense of knowing that it wasn't actually to do with perhaps the degree that you were doing but it was your surroundings so what I did was I moved out and I was living in the halls just to kind of get the full experience and I was getting firsts in all of my subjects and I did kind of I enjoyed some of the modules but I just wanted something a little bit different as well but because I was doing well and I was just getting quite bored in Birmingham. I'd already been out, I'd already been to the clubs, I've already, you know, 
been to town. I've been going to town since I was like 14. So I knew that I just needed a change of scenery and I do like to move around as well. That's why I went to Ibiza. So yeah, I just, I figured out that, okay, it's not uni because I can do the the subjects a little bit boring. So I'm going to have to choose somewhere not too far away, quite far away, close to London as well, because I wanted to be close to a city and other family. So I just, I carried on with the year. And I got an unconditional offer then because I'd already completed college. And yeah, I was just getting ready to go to Surrey after that. You, you've moved around quite a lot then. So what what was it like in terms of building friendships? Yeah, yeah. So I always made new friends. So from college, I'm still friends with people that I met. The college that I did A-levels at, so Cadbury's and then Boa. I still, I still speak to people from there. And then um, I went to Bourneville College afterwards, so I still got my friends from there. And then also my jobs. I still go and see one of my friends in Selfridges. That still, that she works there. She's absolutely amazing. So I do go there whenever I'm in town and say hello. And uni, I made like really, really good friends. And I'm still, like I was talking to three of them today. <laughs> like we're really, really close. I absolutely love them. So I think it's quite easy to make friends because wherever you go, you've got a common interest really. Mm-hmm. So it's not too hard. I mean, one of my friends, um, Gabby I made friends with her at university but we actually got caught up on Facebook first before I even moved we weren't doing the same degree or anything she was doing nursing midwifery and then we met up like a few days Mm -hmm. after we moved there one thing about you that I I obviously know even from just speaking to you now is that you're just very positive you've got a very positive outlook (laughs) on life where where does that come from obviously I think you'd find it very easy to make friends I can't see how anyone would be Mm -hmm. thinking I can't I'll deal with that Rashika man. She's always too <laughs> really. So what what is it that that keeps you so positive and and so optimistic about life? I think I think it's like my family first and foremost. Especially mm. like my dad is always finding the positive in everything. Is always really encouraging. Like both of my parents are incredibly encouraging. Like my mum's always like the first one to encourage me. My dad's probably the most positive person I know. So mm. I'd say him. But definitely just both of my parents. I think that like because like they're even though they're not together, they're split up when I was ten, but they're still really good friends. Like they've got like a positive relationship and mm. I've grown up seeing that. So and there's yeah. always like laughter in my house. Me and my mum were just joking around just a minute ago. So, yeah, like my mum and my dad always. It's just. Did them. I, did, 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 does your mum remember me, by the way? Yeah, yeah. She was trying to come in, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Please don't embarrass me." At the end, maybe she can come in. I'll say hi to her. Um, but so, so obviously, your your family uh, come from a Caribbean background, don't they? Yeah. So it's so it's obviously that you know that, that there's that there's a chill vibe, isn't there? It's, yeah. We know the challenges, we know there's things that we have to overcome, but it's about actually showcasing your own talents, finding your own lane, and 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 moving forward. That's kind of what what I get from from everything that that you've been telling me here. It's very much don't let things that are outside of your influence or control yeah. let you down, and and so. If, let's say, there, there was someone hypothetically that wanted to go into baking, one day that they were looking at you on, on the bake-off and they were saying, I want to be doing what she's doing right now. 
how did how did that all come about how did you get to that point so i i used to watch bake off before i could even bake so i used to watch it and be like oh my gosh i could never do that i would never know how to do anything like that could you actually do anything at that point though when you were watching it no no i could only cook i've been cooking since like a young age like i remember in year five when i started to walk home my mum was like right you can get the dinner on as well I was like, what? I was, I was walking home so I could watch TV. Yeah. You might have some young people watching this. When we're talking about you got a message, it was probably on like your BenQ Siemens or is it some Nokia black and white phone? Yeah. We're not talking no iPhone here. <laughs> we're talking old school. So that your mum yeah. must have te- must have a message on one of those phones. She used to actually just tell me, listen, when I get home from work, that chicken better be on. <laughs> and that chicken was on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did used to have a thirty two ten though. I remember my thirty two ten. I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know what anything was. I didn't understand how they could like mix ingredients together and then come up with all these like different things. Like I just had no idea. And mm. at that point, I didn't really have a desire to learn because I just thought it was so hard. It was literally really only like my niece. She's really extra. My niece is my eldest niece. She um. <laughs> Instead, my sister, my sister was like, what cake do you want? And she says, um, oh, I want to make my own cake, but I want to make a rainbow cake that's pink with a white chocolate drip. And my sister was like, I can't bake. And then she goes, ask your auntie. I'm sure your auntie will help. And I was studying for exams and I wanted to procrastinate. I needed like a distraction. So, yeah, I just learned on YouTube. That's kind of just like how it came about. Was that a successful cake? Yeah, it was. It was. Obviously, my cakes don't look like that now, but considering <laughs> never made one before, it looked yeah. really good. My niece got bored before the cakes had even come out of the <laughs> oven. So um, she went home and I surprised her with it the next day. I was up all night. I didn't really know anything. Like I didn't know. And now I'll be able to make a cake off the top of my head. I've got the measurements yeah. in my head. But before I was just like mixing just to make simple icing I was just mixing loads of butter and icing sugar doing it all by hand and then getting the electric whisk making a huge mess it took me all night to do that cake (laughs) was there no one in your family that that really baked then obviously everybody cooked but nobody was really in the baking thing my dad is the worst baker ever (laughs) (laughs) would he agree with that with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is oh my gosh, like no, he doesn't like <laughs> he doesn't care about measurements. Like he's just like he gets the ingredients and he throws it together and he just sees what happens. Like I remember once him and my little sister they made a cake that was a giant biscuit, it was rock hard. <laughs> Sometimes he'd make stuff that tasted nice, but the textures were just all wrong. He's getting better. He calls me now. He's what? like, Shika, how do I make this? Or <laughs> um like oh it's too late. He took a picture of something in the oven. I think he was trying to make like cornmeal pudding or I'm not sure what he was trying no. to make. But he was like, um what have I done wrong? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you've done. <laughs> and um when he did try to follow a recipe and it had the cups measurements, mm. he was using actual cups, not the measuring cups. So <laughs> that didn't go right. But I do have family in Jamaica that can bake. It's just that I have to talk mm. to them 
over the phone. So I don't get like solid recipes. I just get like tips or they just tell me what they put in it. Like, do you put Ray and Nephew or do you put Red Label wine, that kind of thing? Or do you put any ginger wine in? Just like little questions. And mm. yeah. So I would say you're obviously an expert, still le- still learning your craft, but you are, you have been on the Great British Bake Off, so we have to uh-huh. we have to call. Would you say that you're now more critical of the the kind of cakes that you eat or anything that's been baked? Would you say that it's changed your perspective when you go into a shop and eat something now? Yeah, I don't really like store bought cakes anymore. Oh wow. Which is- annoying as well because I don't want to make everything you know but I just don't like the taste like you can taste the preservatives if I get a cake that I really used to love I got a purchase that cake like a couple of months back and it tasted really sour like there's like a bitter taste to it and I just ended up throwing it away and making it instead and then the downside to that is like my tins I haven't got like small tins like they do in the shop so I make like loads and then I eat the majority of it like <laughs> so it's like a lose-lose I've got to make all of these cakes and cookies and everything and then I end up eating most of them as well I do have the kids around that to help me yeah so, yeah well that's re- that's really interesting so it's almost like I don't know if you would say your palate has matured because it's it's not so much that age has been a you know a factor in that it's more that because you've you've obviously become more accustomed with different ingredients and flavors and natural natural preservatives it's mm. probably you know altered the way you you taste things so yeah. that's, that's i never I've, i hadn't really even considered that that would be even a thing but i can imagine now like you just go into go into aldi and grab a quick you know, cookie or whatever, you're gonna, t- it's go- going to yeah, taste yeah. different to you. Um, is that, is that the same? Love- or- oh, Say that again, sorry. I used to love the Audi cookies and I got them the other day, you know, because they haven't been out for that long, especially selected ones. I used to love them and I had the white chocolate and raspberry ones and they just didn't do it for me. They didn't taste great. So then I made a batch of 24 white chocolate and raspberry cookies. So, yeah, but I do freeze them as well and then bake yeah. them when I want them. So what what is it about the, the – I'm really interested in this now. What What is it about the, the cookies that – because you mentioned it, it tastes different in terms of preservatives and stuff, but what what is it exactly they're putting in there that makes it taste, like, weird to you? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, with me, it's just – like, so it's just um, butter, oil, eggs, flour, sugar, and then whatever you're like, topping them with, like white chocolate, raspberries. But they need something to make the cookies last longer, whereas I don't really know how long my cookies last because I just um, take one ball out of the freezer, bake it, and then I've got a cookie. So I'm guessing it's just the preservatives. I just... I'm not sure which ones because I've never looked at the back of the packet really, but yeah, it just tastes different. But it is annoying though because sometimes I just don't want to. I don't want to have to bake. I don't some always have the ingredients. The shops don't always have the ingredients, so sometimes yeah. I'm just left without <laughs> as well. Okay, so so moving forward then, so Great British Bake Off. So you obviously were on there. How did that come? How did you get onto the show, and what was the process? 
to getting to that point? So I was in 2020, I was just um, watching the series before me. I absolutely mm. loved it. And I um, I was applying to prepare myself to apply for next year. So I didn't even oh. think I was going to plan. I was just practicing. I was practicing. And I was like, right, I'm going to send in what I've got. I'm going to send in all the bikes that I've done. When I was filling the form out, I was thinking, oh gosh, like I'm not, it says, um, are you like a beginner, intermediate, advanced? Actually, I don't think we're allowed to talk too much about the form, but anyone can see the form yeah, anyway. But, um, when, so, just, did you have you had to send in a sample of your uh, baking? No, you just send in pictures. So you okay. you answer like, questions on the form, and then afterwards you get to upload a video, one minute video about yourself, a picture of yourself, and then pictures of your bakes. So yeah. I didn't bother with the video because. Like I said, I didn't think I was going to get through. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was just filling out the form. I was like, okay. I was writing down what I'd done, but it was much smaller than the box. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I've done nothing. And then mm -hmm. I sent in the pictures. I did have, like, 50 pictures, but... Mm. um, And, yeah, they were an okay variety, but there wasn't a lot. So, for instance, with the yeah. bread, I only sent in, like, three different types of bread, whereas there's loads of types of bread and cakes. I sent cakes the most. I had, like, loads of different flavours, different styles and everything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just sending everything in, and then I got just, a call. Just different, like, photos, just different photos of the, the stuff you would, had made. Yeah, different photos and, like, a description. And, yeah, of course, the form as well. You had to tell them about yourself and... Yeah. yeah, three days later, I got a phone call. So I sent it, I wow. think I sent it on like the Friday, and then I got a call on the Monday. And I was like, I thought it was a joke at first, but yeah. <laughs> that must have been real, man. That must have been it surreal, was. literally. Funk. Because the same thing happened to me with the Commonwealth thing. You're just like, you're going about your day, next thing you're getting a call, and it's just surreal because you're just not expecting it. but no that's that's crazy and then so transitioning from that then obviously you weren't allowed to speak about anything from that no. point until obviously that but how how was that for you having to hold that information for that amount of time because that that is a long time yeah so it was difficult so mm. at first I only told my mum yeah because I told my nana was applying because I was at her house a lot when I was applying, just chilling with her, and I was just like yeah. writing the form and everything. And then I told my mum as well, and then I ran downstairs and told her when they'd called. And then it kind of, kind of spiraled out of control. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I needed like a reference from someone that I knew, but that wasn't related yeah. to me. So. I told them, but then yeah. I felt I felt bad, so I told my sisters because I thought, well, I have to tell them. <laughs> then I'm really close to my auntie and uncle, so I told them. Not everybody kept it quiet, but luckily it didn't <laughs> come out or anything. Yeah, I think as like, the main thing is is social media, isn't it? If it goes out on there, you you finished really. So you've got to really, unless you've really got to trust that people will hold the information. But you, you obviously you have. To <laughs> tell someone otherwise you just go crazy but um yeah, yeah so I imagine that that must have been a, a really exciting period for you yeah well the week before everything was announced my dad started saying to like my family by the way 
in a couple of weeks' time. You're going to need to watch Channel 4 at 8 pm. <laughs> I'm not giving all the details. And everyone was like, <laughs> So when it all came out and my cousins were talking to me, they were like, Oh, yeah, your dad told us that a couple of weeks back. I was like, What? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> My cousin was like, Yeah, yeah. He was saying, Make sure you're free on, I think it was Tuesdays at 8. He kept it, he told it, he it all that time from December 2020 until September 2021. And then he just couldn't hold wow. it a week longer. <laughs> well, I guess it's, I guess at least people knew to tune in and stuff. But when, so obviously yeah. when you were allowed, when you were allowed to make the announcement on your social media platforms, what, yeah. what was kind of the response to it? Oh my gosh, it was overwhelming. Like I um I made a new Facebook because I completely like I just didn't really use my old Facebook and it had loads of embarrassing pictures of me from school and stuff like that. <laughs> and I remember the social media team was saying that you have to hide or you can hide your posts and something. But I had loads, so because I'd had Facebook since sixteen, so I just deleted that one, created a new one, and. I didn't really get to add a lot of people. I mean, I had like a really hectic day the day before. So the amount of responses I got through that was just really overwhelming. And then Instagram as well. I only had 600 followers before. And then, really? Yeah, yeah, I think. Wow. I think it was even less, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> but, um, so then I just started getting all these ads and then messages from people and everyone was really lovely, but it was just like completely overwhelming. Yeah, because it was a, it's a, it's an overnight success, as they say, isn't it? Overnight kind of exposure because yeah, they're now seeing yeah. it. Like, it makes, I guess it would have made you realise how many people actually watch the show and how many people are invested in the people on the show. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was really cute. Tara, she said that um, Bake Off was her favourite show. Oh. She's like, oh, I can't believe you like it. <laughs> Bless us. You know what? I, I, I wonder whether I wonder whether you remember this actually because I was I was thinking about Tara the other day. Do you remember? Yeah. This is completely off off this topic, but I just really want to pick your brains. Do you remember when I were you in my form? I don't think you were in my form. I think you were in Miss Armstrong's Miss Armstrong's form. No, I was in Miss. Miss Walton. Miss Walton, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, do you remember when we were doing some class assembly and I went out and just did Michael Jackson? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you used to love doing Michael Jackson. You loved it. like. <laughs> I got in trouble for that, though, because it was, like, literally just... But I remember I nudged Tara... And I said to her, I'm going to go out there and do Michael Jackson. Are you going to back me if I do it? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to back you. I went out there, did it, and nobody was backing me. Everybody, because <laughs> everyone knew this is funny to watch, but I don't want to get involved with what CJ's doing there. But now nah, that just reminded me, because I remember it was Tara who said, go out, yeah, just go and do it. So she was egging me on. And then, yeah, but now, nah, man, that story is mad. That story what was I doing, man? It was just like, I don't remember what I was doing. But anyway, <laughs> back to the bake-off. Back to the bake-off. I, I, I wanted to reminisce on that because you would have actually been in my form. So I just, yeah, yeah. That, that was crazy times, man. 
But it shows though, doesn't it, that you always have, you have a personality when you're a child and you don't, yeah. nothing really changes in that sense. You just, it just either becomes more heightened or certain aspects of your personality come to the forefront. So obviously you, you've always been a, a nice person, always had lots of different friends oh. and that's probably why they've, they wanted you on the show because they knew you'd be a likable, a likable contestant. And that's true though. Like some people just have that that likability factor, and you're what you're one of those those people. And that's why I think you've obviously got you've got the hair, you've got the image. People would have was a would have resonated with that. I know all the tweets were always saying, oh, "I love Rashika's hair" and all of this and that. And that's that's what it's all about. So obviously, you went from let's say six hundred followers to what is it now? About eight thousand. I think. It's like- Nearly seven thousand, so like seven. six thousand, like nine hundred and something. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what's what's your what's it? So I want to talk a little bit about the actual show in a second. But what's your kind of? What would you say is the is the next step for you in terms of what you want to do now after after you've been on the show? So I definitely want to like get back to baking. I've had. The beginning of the year wasn't like great, so just like loads of like personal stuff with like family and everything. So now I'm just kind of everything's settling down, and I really want to get into my baking and posting the things that I've made. Like I made my mum's fiftieth birthday cake the other day, and I still haven't wow. posted it. I get like a little anxiety over posting my stuff. Like even though like I know no one's going to be negative or anything, I just get a bit like you know. Anxious. Have you experienced anything negative on your page? No, not on my page. I did have a couple of like trolls on Twitter. Yeah. I think it was just like <laughs> random. Twitter is just the most toxic platform. Like it's 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 yeah. such there's so so many nice people on there, but it's also like just riddled with trolls. Um, and it's <laughs> really bad. <laughs> It's really bad. Like, why are they just able to just troll people? Oh no, and I didn't even do anything either. I was just like minding my own business, and then I got like a DM. I was like, oh, I wonder what. I'm like reading it. I've just reported them and blocked them and that. Everything is like really positive. Like, I've never had anyone not comment anything negative or anything Mm. like that. And like the week that I went out as well, people were like, no, you shouldn't have gone. I'm going to miss you and stuff like that. That was really cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so is it, when you say anxiety about posting, is it more just not being sure of people's re- reactions to it? Or is it just that, that you feel that like it's a, a piece of yourself? What What is it about the, the actual posting? Um, I don't know. I think it's because like, I actually really like, care about what I'm, like posting I don't know how to put it like for instance if it's just a picture of me like people have seen my face so I don't really care different in like loads of different photos depending on what my hair looks like or what I'm wearing but because like I've put so much like time and effort into something if it's not I'll just think oh no or I'll look at the picture too much and I'll be like oh no that's wrong there's one thing on my mum's cake that I don't like my sisters were like it's fine, like that's fine. I'm like, no, no, it's just wrecked the whole thing. <laughs> and because I, I stared at it too long, and then I'm like, no, it's crap. <laughs> I don't want to post it. That kind of thing. But I just need to go over myself because, <laughs> you know. Well, I guess, I guess the way the the way you got to see it is, I guess, ninety five 
96% of the people on your Instagram probably can't even remotely do what you're doing. So you've got a unique gift. And if anybody has, you know, sees that people aren't going to see what you see ultimately, they'll just see that it's amazing and keep it moving. That's that's all they do. Swipe through, swipe through. What's Rashika doing? Like, oh yeah, that's a nice cake. I can understand though. It's obviously a piece of you because it's something that you've spent so much time doing. And then yeah. to put it out there is is obviously a big deal. So I completely get that. So what what was it like being on the show? Obviously engaging with the other contestants, having people judge your food because I, I imagine that wasn't something you'd, you'd experienced up until that well first of all let's talk about the contestants oh mm. just amazing that was like the best part i was so nervous to meet these 11 of the people because i never thought like they'd be horrible i was just nervous because you'd be like yeah. almost essentially living with them spending all your time with them. yeah they're just absolutely amazing every last one of them as well we all really get on everyone's really supportive everyone's lovely so that was the best bit definitely I'd say just because like, people can make or break an atmosphere so yeah yeah it was lovely like I remember when I was baking I was in between in the practice tents I was in between Lizzie she was behind me and then Amanda was in front and we'd always yeah. talk back and forth I remember the first week I was just so nervous about everything and I was trying Lizzie's stuff and that tasted amazing. She was trying mine. She goes, oh, that's really nice. No, no, it's great and everything. So, yeah, it was just really, everyone was really supportive. Was that really helpful then to have that? Obviously, they're experienced bakers themselves, but to have that assurance that, you know, you're, you're doing okay, particularly as someone who was quite new to this. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like, um, they just like gave really good advice. And we'd all we'd all try each other's bikes. So it was just mm. it was just nice. It didn't feel like a competition as well. Mm. Which was good. It didn't feel like I mean I was only there three weeks, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's, that's still three weeks. So that that's still three weeks. That's that's yeah. a, you know that's longer than the average holiday. You know, so it's still a <laughs> it's still a decent time. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't it didn't feel like that. It was very like chill. The actual filming. That was just difficult because you know, like something went wrong. Every week, something went wrong. <laughs> like the first week doing the show stuff, um, yeah. my apple was meant to be like an anti-gravity cake. It's meant to hang. And before I'd even finished icing it, it collapsed completely. Oh, Never happened once in practice. Yeah, it just happened. For the first time, I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of stuck it all together with icing and just chucked it in the chucked it in the freezer for as long as I could and then it did hang in the end um wow. the second week I broke one I made a ping pong table out of um not ping pong sorry this isn't good is it I can't remember what it's called you know that <laughs> pinball that's it a pinball ping table yeah. um one of the little like the hitters one of those broke but then I thought, okay, they don't really supposed to look like. So I just took people and turned it round and then it covered the whole thing. So I fixed that. And then the third way that I practiced bread the most at home yeah. and the bird cage, like it stood up, it was able to have like all the other bits and bobs on it. And that was just not working. Like I'd done the measurements to a T and it still, it just didn't work. So yeah, and then I went home. But, like, the film crew, like, everyone was just really nice, really, like, chill. It wasn't, like, 
nerve like no one made it nerve wracking yeah. but when you're like panicking and there's like loads of cameras pointed at you it's just oh my gosh <laughs> How many cameras? How many about how many cameras are we talking? You know, is it um, two, three? So you'd always have so when they're just filming you, you'd yeah. have one person not talking to you and filming, and then you'd have another person kind of like taking close up shots, and then if they want to go in the oven, there'll be one person. So there's like quite a few people, but there's never more than sometimes there's two or three pointed at mm. you, but it's usually like one. And there's like three people, like a sound person, a camera person, and someone asking you questions. Uh, yeah. So was was one of the was one of the hardest things then having to roll with those challenges that that arose, like for example, when things weren't looking the way they were supposed to look. Was that was that challenging? It was because if that was at home, I just Google like, why is this happening? <laughs> you know. But there, I was just like looking at it, what do I do now? I was just, I remember on the week that I left, I was just asking the home ex to pass me anything. I was like, can I have some ice and so I can glue it together? It's almost like, it's like sugar, but um, yeah. it's like really hard when it dries. So I just thought, right, as long as I don't eat this bit, it's fine. Yeah, you just like try anything to kind of like fix it. <laughs> but yeah it is kind of like hard to keep it together you really just want mm. to go and cry sometimes <laughs> and obviously <laughs> was it obviously when 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 you you were sadly not able to continue um obviously that was an emotional time for, oh, or period yeah. for you what what was kind of going through your head at that point did you feel like did you did, it, did you feel like a success or a failure at that point it's probably a harsh question, but you feel at that point? I definitely felt like a failure just because oh. I practiced that one the most. So I was like, oh my gosh, how come I didn't get it right this this time? Like when it counted, when I was at home and I wasn't like really paying attention to the times too much. Like I was just, one time it kind of collapsed and then I was able to just fix it and it was fine. Time to myself and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, why ever? like practice this the most and then it's gone like that so I was just I was upset but mm. then afterwards I was like you know what I didn't even think I was gonna get on so I need to just like, be <laughs> like this was meant to be like my practice application and everything so yeah I was proud and then obviously talking to like my parents as well they were like no yeah. you should be proud of yourself we're proud of you and that made me really happy and yeah so I was proud of myself then and how did how did you how long did it take you to kind of I guess stop thinking about what went wrong and just start seeing it as a success? You did you did your you did your family proud, you did your friends proud. How how long did it take you to get to that point? So like maybe like a month after filming, but then I had to watch it all again on TV. <laughs> <So> <laughs> just when you thought you got over it, <laughs> now everyone's watching you. Um, <laughs> I'd say by the time the show had finished, I was just like kind of fine with it then. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say by then. So we had to do like a final extra slice all together yeah. with like the finalists and then all of us. And by then I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done this. Like, how mad. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good experience. And like I say, like the people really do make it as well. So, yeah. Everyone's just there, really supportive as well, even not up to this day. 
So yeah. I think that's what really just helps as well. Like you never feel like alone or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm just really, really enjoying listening to this because I think knowing that your journey, this wasn't even really supposed to be your journey. It wasn't something that you, you were born into, this, you know, household that was baking all the time. You kind of just found this passion for it, you know, as a result of some random things happening. Your, your niece was onto the cake and you just said, okay, I'll, I'll give that a go, <laughs> looking at YouTube and all that. And then eventually you were just like, wow, actually this is this is something like I could I can do this. I'm quite passionate about it. And I just think it's a really inspiring story about just perseverance and, and finding your feet as you go along. You worked so many different jobs. You obviously had the setback when you were younger with the dancing, but you you found something now that that you're passionate about and you're just continuing to to thrive with that. Have you are, are you selling any of the cakes? Can people get your cakes or <laughs> I don't sell anything at the moment just because um honestly I just like I don't think I want to make cake every single day you know like the same thing (laughs) becomes a becomes Um, a a hobby then doesn't it yeah but I think like if I was to maybe I'd do like those postal brownies kind of thing where you can just like send them off in the post and because like when you make a cake it just takes so long and you've got to do all the chilling as well and all the deck the decorating's the best bit actually but it's just all the other things that come with it so i don't i think because of your profile now you could literally say i don't know rashika's cake day you you say first come first serve you can you know i'm doing three yeah. k put you put your first come first serve put your order in i'm only doing three cakes for the month and i think people would would buy at that just because being on the British Bake Off, you should you should give that a go. See, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, that I think that'd be I think that you know something that you could possibly do. But listen, yeah. Rashika, it's absolutely amazing conversation. Um, I know I could talk to you a lot a lot more, but yeah. I'm just gonna ask you. So what I do towards the end of of this anyway is I ask three quick fire questions. I'm really bad at this because I like to listen to the response, but it's supposed to be quick fire. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it quick fire. Um, okay, so here we go. I'll do I'll do five questions actually. Okay, so first one: uh, cakes or brownies? Brownies. Aldi or Tesco? Uh, Tesco. Oh, Tesco. That's interesting. They've got more store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, black or red? Black. Uh, flowers or trees? Flowers. And swimming or skating? Swimming, I can't skate. Same <laughs> oh, but the hair? Um, swimming, swimming. <laughs> cool. And the last thing, a piece of advice for an aspiring young entrepreneur i'll just call you a young creative breakthrough artist because that's what you do a young breakthrough artist that not, has not quite i guess found their feet yet what would be a piece of advice you would give to them just keep going because you'll always improve like when i look at things that i couldn't do even like a year ago if you keep practicing 
and just keep going and keep persevering. You'll always do better. You will always improve. It's not always going to be like an overnight improvement. Sometimes it can take months, but just keep going. Just like I was saying earlier with the whole um, dance thing, you asked me, like, how did you keep going through that? It's just, just keep moving forward. You don't have to have everything figured out at all. I still don't have everything figured out. <laughs> well, you're doing, you're doing pretty well on your journey so far so thank you so much for giving up your time to come and join us on the breakthrough artist this has been an episode with rashika from the great british bake-off and i hope you all tune in next time thank you so much rashika thank you for having me this has been the breakthrough artists with cj lloyd webley if you would like to sponsor the podcast or you'd like to feature on the podcast please visit cjloydwebley.com for more information